You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Good morning, church. Good to see everybody. Like I said, I'm all hopped up on candy. We did the Christmas parade last night, but I ended up running it all off because I was dragging so far behind. I want to put candy in every bag, and it's just not possible. There were so many people. We had between eight and 10,000 people downtown last night. I'm going to tell you, man, I love our city. I love our community. I love the fact that many people get together, and, you know, they, they may be down there for for candy, they may be down there just to celebrate, you know, this time of year. But can I tell you, whether they know it or not, they're celebrating Jesus. So I love it that we come together for that. And um, man, it just is a, is a, is a blessed time of year. Uh, today, I'm going I'm to uh, keep on going in my series, uh, The Light of the World. And, uh, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit for us today. I believe the, uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, doing something unique uh, in this season of our church, in this season uh, on earth. I think there's something unique. Uh, but before I do, I just want to reiterate what Wendy had to say about the hope tree. Uh, guys, we have taken care of two gifts for each of these children. Uh, we still have a lot of people asking for tags. Uh, there's only 116 gifts left on the tree. Can we take care of those today? Can we as a body of believers, I mean, make sure that these kids have a blessed Christmas. Um, I, I, I don't even know if I want to be here when I, that, for the party. I'll be squalling the whole time. Because I just see the goodness of God, you know. Whenever we take care of children, man, that's just something God wants us to do, you know. And so I'm, I'm excited about that morning. I'm excited about serving. If you want to serve, you can go sign up to serve out there at the table out by the, uh, the, the Mustang statue. There's a table out there. If you want to serve at that breakfast banquet we're throwing for those families, you can sign up to serve out there. And again, all gifts are due back uh, next Sunday. Next Sunday. And so, uh, yeah, we, we down again? Goodness gracious, guys. What is going on? That's all right. We'll edit this. We'll edit this out. We back now? We back? We are. Okay, let's try it again. All right. Well, this morning, I'm just going to preach. If it goes out, just listen close. All right, listen. Um, Wendy and I are in the process of building a house, and the rent house that we're in, we're renting, has very little light in it. Has very little light. And about two weeks ago, uh, right before Wendy was cooking Thanksgiving dinner, Gabe gets after a fly with a dish towel, you know, trying to pop a, anybody ever play war games with house flies, right? Well, <laughs> Gabe has a dish towel and he's popping this fly and all of a sudden I hear glass break. Well, there is a long halogen bulb above the sink uh, and Gabe, I mean, the fly was masterful with how he got Gabe to bust this uh, piece of glass. Gabe popped it, and psh, the glass falls, and now there's shattered glass and halogen dust everywhere. And, um, and it got really dark, because there's only that and a ceiling fan light in the kitchen. And so with that one light out, now we're down to one light, and Wendy goes, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I cannot cook Thanksgiving in this dark. And so I got out at late at night. I barely got to Lowe's before they closed. And I bought a halogen bulb and fixed it because I know how important light is, especially to Wendy. But here's what's funny. 
The next day, we get out the blueprints of the new house and Wendy starts adding lights everywhere. <laughs> She's like, can light, can light, can light, can light. And I'm thinking, we're broke, we're broke, we're broke, we're broke, we're broke. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. So for Christmas, uh, your brother's getting can lights. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I say that because you notice when there's no light. You notice when there's no light. You know when you walk from a place that is lit well into a place that is not lit well. You pick up on those things. It changes the energy, it shifts. Today I wanna to talk to you, and I've entitled my sermon, Dark Places. Dark Places. I found a verse this week in my studies that completely threw my paradigm. Have you ever been studying something and you find a scripture that just absolutely sticks in your crawl and you just gotta go hunt it up. You gotta search it up. Um, today, uh, I'm going to give you a verse out of 1 Kings chapter eight. We're gonna read verse one through 12. And this is a story. Let me kind of catch you up to what's going on. King Solomon had built the most beautiful temple that the world had ever known. Even to today, there's nothing like it. It was so valuable that when the Romans invaded, they went straight to, the, uh, to Solomon's temple to take the valuables. There was so much gold. He literally shingled the outside in gold shields. This is a building that words really can't describe. And so today I wanna talk to you about something I found in the story. And we're gonna read this real quick, but I, I've got a few insights I'm gonna give you as we read, so stay with me. Uh, it'll be on your screens but there's a, lot, there's a lot hidden here that I'm gonna not hit on, so uh, study it this week, and I know God will reveal lots to you. First Kings chapter eight, verse one through 12, it says, then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the father's houses of the people of Israel before King Solomon and Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim. Uh, if you're uh, a scholar and you want to go deeper into this, Ethanim is like mid-September to mid-October on our current timeline. Um, and, and it's also that same way on the Jewish sacred calendar, not the current Jewish calendar. That's something to recognize. Uh, if you were going to look at the, um, the current Jewish calendar, it would be the month of Tishrei. Uh, so you can make a note on that. I don't know if anybody studies that stuff, but I want to give it to you anyway. Um, uh, which is the seventh month of a secular calendar. Now watch this. When I was reading this, the Lord showed me something. He said, this is the beginning month. There's a beginning month, but it takes place in the secular of the seventh month. So I'm not going to get too much into numerology because we talked about that Bible study this week. And you can get confused. I don't want you worshiping numbers. I want you worshiping God. But watch how God does his handiwork. He resets and he begins with his calendar in the seventh month. The seventh being the number of completion and wholeness. So while I'm studying that, God says, what I begin is already finished. He, whatever he begins, it's already done. And I want you to know that today because some of us are in a transition. We're in a period of life that God's doing something 
And it's so good we're afraid it won't last. But the truth is this. If he's already begun it, he's faithful to complete it. God does not stop. When he starts something, it's already done. Amen. It says, let's keep reading. Let's, I can preach on that all day. Let's keep moving. It says, and all the elders of Israel came and the priests took up the ark and they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting and all the holy vessels that were in the tent, the priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark. Now watch this. They were sacrificing so many sheep and ox that they couldn't be counted or numbered. Let me stop right there for a second. This is an atonement issue. When you see a sacrifice, you are seeing the shedding of innocent blood in the Old Testament so that sins would be forgiven. A person would generally bring a offering to the temple meaning for you and your family, they'd bring one sheep, a goat, maybe a bull or ox, depending on how sinful you were, maybe, I don't know. Um, but they would bring one offering per family. This is a different thing altogether. This says that the priest, and get this picture, get this picture. The priests were walking through, slaying the sheep and goats, more than they could count. Now, they're trying to do this as the ark is being shifted from Jerusalem out to the temple. And they're walking through and they are just, blood is everywhere. This is a mess. And these priests and Levites are walking through just slitting the throats of bulls and ox and sheep and goats. And it is just this mess. And here's what the Lord told me when I was reading this. He says, Gone are the days of your labor for atonement. No longer is the blood of ox and sheep required. Now watch what's happening. They're bringing in the presence of God and they're saying, whatever it takes, I'll do it. Whatever it takes, I'll do it. And they're walking through the herds and they're just slitting and blood's going everywhere and that blood is spilling to the ground and that blood represents a covenant between God and man. And Solomon at his own personal expense says, get every bull, get every ox, get every goat, get every sheep and bring them to the temple. We are going to spill blood until they can't count. Bodies are stacking up in the fields. Can I tell you, there are seasons to where we feel like we've done everything we can do. There are seasons to where we feel like we've done everything in our power. But here's what I want to promise you today. Is that it's not of works lest any man should boast. That your connection to God now is not based on your activity. It's based on the perfect action of Jesus Christ. And if you're found in him today, you are found perfect before God. Amen. It's not about your works. It's not about your actions. There are preachers that will stand in pulpits around the country today and tell you that you can earn salvation. Friend, if I could tell you if you can earn it, it's not as valuable as the Bible preaches it. It's priceless. You can never earn it. 
but it was the free gift of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Are you grateful for the free gift today? Let's keep reading. Boy, y'all gonna mess around and get me to preach today. Man. It says, then the priest brought the Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah, I'm getting chills. It says, then the priest brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the Ark. This is where they completed the Ark. There's cherubim whose wings were spread out over the ark and they're continuing and they're putting this thing together. And it's about to describe that they were so reverent of the presence of God. They didn't want to go into the Holy of Holies. So watch what they do. It says that the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles and the poles were so long. They were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary but they could not be seen from outside. The sanctuary was somewhere around 100 yards deep. And these men were so worried about offending God that they had these long poles and the Ark of the Covenant was halfway through and men would carry it and they would slide it in place, but they wouldn't go anywhere near. And instead of removing the poles, it says they left the poles. They left them there. And it says, and they're there until this day. Somewhere there's some logs laying around that area. How about that? It says, there was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone that Moses put there at Mount Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel. Watch this. We're fixing to get our part for the day right here. It says, when they came out of the land of Egypt and when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord. Now watch what's happening now. They have honored God. And now God is going to reveal himself to man. And watch what happens. It says, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And then Solomon said, Solomon's watching this whole thing. Watch this. He says, the Lord had said, that he would dwell in thick darkness where nobody can see. The presence of God was so strong that the priests were having to run. They could not behold it. It was too strong. And they would turn and they would run. And in their running, if they couldn't get away fast enough, they would just fall out unconscious under the presence of God. This is a very unique telling of the story because he gives great detail and it says Solomon was watching and he says God had told us before we built this place that he would dwell in the deep dark depending on your interpretation it could say the thick darkness or the rich darkness so I was always told that wherever God was there was light and that there was no darkness attached to God. But this says that he dwells in the darkest of places. The darkest of places. Wait, I had to just stop for a second and just think. Lord, like, just reshift my thinking for a second. What is in the dark 
that is so attractional to you. Hebrews chapter four, verse 13 says this, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Psalm verse 90, chapter 90 and verse 80 says, you have set our wrongdoing before you, our secret sins in the light of your face. Isaiah 29.5, woe to those who deeply hide their plans from the Lord and whose deeds are done in a dark place. And they say, who sees us? Who, who, who knows us? Ephesians 5.11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. But wait a second, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 12 says, the Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. Here's some misconceptions about darkness. Are you ready? Number one misconception about darkness is that things hidden in the dark are actually really hidden. Things that are in the darkness, they're not really hidden. Here's the craziest thing, is we think we're hiding things in the dark and God's already there. Misconception number two about the darkness, that darkness is a safe place for your sin. That there's a safe place for you to act out your sin. Misconception number three, God is light, so he only stays in lit areas. I think we've trumped that today. Misconception number four, that my sin is my secret as long as it stays in dark places. My sin is my secret as long as it's in a dark place. And lastly, God can't forgive me my darkness is too dark for him. Friend, about three weeks ago, I'm in prayer and the Lord shows me a vision of a shepherd running. And I'm not talking about a light jog like I did last night. I'm talking about running like something was after him. He was running. And my vision shifted and I see this sheep a long way out. And the shepherd was running with everything in him after that sheep. The sheep could not see the wolves encircling it. And the shepherd was running, trying to get to the sheep before the wolves. And then in my spirit again, I'm not saved enough that I hear God audibly. In my spirit, the Lord said, go after my lost sheep. Go after the ones that don't see the wolves. Go after the ones who have played with sin. And they're out there amongst the things that will destroy them. Go get those sheep. That's where this sermon came from. Because here's the truth. 
There's people sitting in this room right now that you've given your life to Christ and you've begun consecration. Salvation is instant. But the life change of consecration is a lifetime of work. You're not a finished work. I'm not a finished work. Praise God. Wendy said, amen. (laughs) I'm not a finished work. Why? Because I'm in the state of being consecrated. It's a word of called consecration that means to be transitioned from imperfect to perfect. We will not be perfected until we're in his presence. But he's working on me every day. I may only take an inch step toward him today, but I'm still more like him today than I was yesterday. But this message is for those who have either not yielded their life or those who have yielded their life, but you haven't yielded your secret place. Have your your precious, your little secret stash that nobody knows about. It's the sins that you don't realize are encamping around about you. You think you have it under control because it stays where you tell it to stay. Can I tell you, even a dog that heals can bite. Just because you can keep your sin tucked into the dark crevices of your world does not mean it will not destroy you. Friend, can I tell you, Sin is pleasurable for a season. The Bible tells us that. But the end thereof is destruction. How can I preach the light if I don't contrast the dark? And so each one of us in here, we're guilty of, praise God, (laughs) putting the mask on. Glory. (laughs) How you doing, Pastor? Blessed and highly favored. Mm -mm. Right? Everybody in here. Am I lying? We all got that happy face. I can go, I can go on Facebook and find every one of you right now in your happy face. <laughs> all we post is leaving for vacation today. <laughs> God is good, bless, hashtag bless. <laughs> right? Hashtag God is good. Answer prayer. When's the last time you saw hashtag secret sin, hashtag exposed? Hashtag, I'm giving up pornography. I'm tired of it. Hashtag, I'm giving up pride. It's destroying my relationships. You see, we've always been taught that we can create dark crevices of our life and hide things from God. But the scripture says that he dwells in my darkness. I'm there trying to stuff another sin And God's standing there watching it, and he's saying, I'm here. I'm already in your secret. I'm already in your hiddenness. You can't hide nothing with me. I see. And you see, the Bible calls him the good shepherd. Because when he sees wolves... 
He runs. And some of you in here today, while I'm talking right now, you see, the way God works is he begins to whisper. And some of you right now have a nervous feeling in your stomach because you know you got your little secret stash. And God is saying, I want you to be free. You can't be free with secret sin. You can't be free with a secret little quiet stash of sin. Can I tell you, there is no harmless sin. And I believe God wanted me to teach this because he's running for you. He's running to you. And he's saying, the wolves are circling you and you don't see it. Everybody's been guilty of it at one point in time or another. Then here, I surrender all, but these three sins I surrender. Right? Right? Because I'm truly an alcoholic, all to the, oh, hang on. Hang on. Because I'm a sex addict, I surrender almost all. Right? That's how we've learned to function as believers. We've learned to function in the state of consecration with the weight of unexposed sin. And God is in that dark place saying, please give that to me. Give that to me. That will destroy you. Give that to me. That will eventually bite you. Give that to me. I know it seems like fun right now, but your family is on the line. Give that to me. And we just keep playing with it. We keep it hidden. And here's the thing. The only people you're fooling are people. You ain't tricking God. He dwells in thick darkness. Thicker than you can hide something. You ain't ever seen the darkness where he hangs out. So now we come to the place of our lives to where we have to make a decision. Am I going to yield the dark places? Or am I just going to let them stay there until they destroy me? Make no mistake, they are more than able to destroy you. God from heaven saw sin rampant on earth. He said, it's killing my children. It's destroying their futures. It's running havoc in their families. How can we make this stop? These dark places, how can we? We need a light. Erica, we need a light. David, we gotta, we've got to get a light. We've got to get a light. They don't know I'm already in the dark place. 
They don't understand my scripture enough to understand that nothing is hidden from the eyes of God. So they just keep tucking stuff in these dark corners. So we're going to have to illuminate those corners. We have to shine a light. And again, God turned to his only son. He says, light of heaven. Son, go do what you do. Go light up the dark places where dad has been hanging out for eons. And let them know I'm already there waiting. But I need them to bring what's hidden to light. Friend, can I tell you, God wants your ugly. He wants your ugliness. Why do we take our ugliness and hide it from a God who begs for it? I, 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 I can't even comprehend it. You see, I had hidden ugly. Man, I did. I struggled for years with sin. You see, I saw pornography for the first time when I was five years old. And it did something to me. And so for years as a young man, I struggled with it. And then I made a decision that I just, I don't want hidden sin anymore. I want to be free. See, some of you in here, that may be your sin of choice, but it's irrelevant what name you put on it. All it is, is a ball and chain. Then when God calls you to go there, you start and it. Try this again. I don't know you're calling me there, but I choose to stay here. He's calling you out of sin. The Bible says he's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And we choose the darkness. He will set you free today. Freedom. One of my favorite verses, Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and don't be enslaved again with the bondage of sin. You see, he didn't set you free for any other reason except he wanted you free. He said, I just want you free. Why? So that you're no longer anchored. And he says, Josh, Derek needs an encouragement today. And when you step out, you think you're bound and all of a sudden you, you can go where he called you to go. You can encourage who he has called you to encourage. You can bless who he's called you to bless. Secret sin stops today. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. That's not me talking. That's the Lord telling you he's coming for you. He does not want you to struggle. He does not want you bound. He does not want you afraid. 
He does not want you captive. He wants you free and spiritually healthy today. So how do we move forward? How do we close the service that, that, that we've learned about dark places? How, how do we move forward? Proverbs 28, 13 says this, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. God is not waiting to judge you. He wants to love you, but watch this. He doesn't want to just love 90% of you. He cannot be where sin is. So he says, leave that 10% of sin behind so that I can love you fully. Amen, stand on your feet, let me bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we love you. I love you, Lord, that you run after us. You're running after your people. Father, in these last days, you're chasing after us. You're leading us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Father, I thank you that as today progresses, more and more people are going to find freedom from this message. Father, for those who are listening to this podcast, I speak freedom in Jesus' name. Break the chains of bondage. You've always been a people-freeing God. We thank you for loving us the way you do. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we just speak the Spirit of God over each person here and every person that listens. We give you praise for it. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the precious blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Not the lies and the whispers of the wicked one, not even our own hidden sins. Lord, you will lead us in freedom and victory this week. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more victory and more of your word. In Jesus' Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. We love you, we bless you, and we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.